You're listening to The J. John Podcast. A lot of people are trying to say, this is God. Listen, God is unboxable. This week, J. John unpacks the Bible verse, John chapter 3, verse 16, and explains that Christianity is actually an invitation. With all invitations, we want to know a few important facts. Who's the invitation from? Who's the invitation to? And what's the invitation about? As ever, if you want to find out more about the Christian faith, visit jjohn.com or follow J. John on social media. You're listening to The Invitation on The J. John Podcast. If you're anything like me, I'm sure you appreciate invitations. Even if you can't go, you think, ah, wasn't it nice they thought of me, isn't it? Even if you can't go. And when you send out an invitation like a wedding or something like a wedding, you send out the invitation card and at the bottom of the card, you find the letters RSVP. What do they stand for? Well, there was this professor from Europe in England for a semester with his wife. And while they were there, they received a wedding invitation, bottom of the card, RSVP. Now, they didn't have that code back in their country. So the professor was trying to crack the code. And then he said, yes, his wife said, what? He said, RSVP, remember some wedding present. Now, the professor, he thought it was a demand, but actually it was an offer. Now, those letters are French. They stand for Respondez s'il vous plaît, which basically means, are you going to come? And people put a date. So if you don't reply by the date, you can't go. And most people, when they send out an invitation, they put a date. Now, we're all being offered the Christian invitation. Will we be offered it tomorrow? I don't know. You're like, what do you mean you don't know? I don't know. Why don't you know? Because none of us can guarantee that we're gonna be alive tomorrow. That's why it's very important to reply to the invitation while you're still alive. (laughs) There's a great verse in the Bible. We sang it in in one of the songs, the worship songs, John 3, 16. And it says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so who ever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life that one verse sums up the great invitation that every single one of us is being offered now now when you get an invitation there are three things you want to know one who is it from two who is it to three what is it about Okay, let's answer those three questions. Question one, who is the invitation from? John 3, 16, for God. It starts with God, G-O-D. Now, what does G-O-D mean? 
When the first Russian astronaut returned from space, first interview, first question. Did you see God? He said, no, I did not. And the Soviet Union at that time heralded this as proof that God did not exist. When the first American astronaut returned from space, first interview, fourth question. Did you see God? He said, I would have seen God had I stepped out of my spacesuit. <laughs> Don't you like that? I love it. I love it. You, you see, many, many people have got very different understandings of Christianity and of God. And today, many people are asking the wrong questions. I like the little boy. The little boy said to his mummy, mummy, is God in the house? And she thought, is God in the house? Yes, he is, dear. And the little boy said, mummy, if God's in the house, is he in the kitchen? So the mother thought, he's in the house. Yes, he is in the kitchen. So the little boy said, mummy, if God's in the house and he's in the kitchen, you know the marmalade jar without the top on it, is he in the marmalade jar? Well, what do you think? What do you think? You, oh, you think he is? Oh, so when the kettle's boiling, God's in there having a sauna. No, it's just good to know what you believe. So the mother thought, God's in the house, he's in the kitchen. I suppose he is in the marmalade jar. Yes, he is. And the little boy went, I've got him. You know, a lot of people are trying to say, this is God. Listen, God is unboxable. <laughs> Too many people today are asking the wrong questions. If you ask the wrong question, you can never get the right answer. The right question to ask is, has God spoken? Yes, God has spoken. God has spoken th through creation. The book of Romans in the Bible says the whole of creation is crying out to get our attention. God has spoken through history, but God's greatest revelation of himself for all time, for all people, for all cultures was in Jesus Christ. The invisible God became visible in Christ. The intangible God became tangible in Christ. The unknowable God became knowable in Christ. Jesus is the King of Kings. The invitation is from him. Okay, who is it to? For God so loved the world. The whole world every single one of us, irrespective of who we are, our age, the color of our skin, every single one of us is being given the invitation. Now, just because we don't acknowledge the invitation doesn't mean we're not being offered the invitation. Now, what is it about? Christianity is about three things. One, forgiveness from the past. I'm sure you agree with the following statement. There are problems in the world today. Do you agree? Yes. Of course there are. Globally, socially, domestically, personally. Now, many governments of the world, many charities, many agencies are trying to alleviate the symptoms. But if you try and alleviate the symptoms, you will always have 
the symptoms unless you deal with the root cause. So the question is, what is the root cause of everything that's wrong in the world today? A mother said to her husband, darling, look after Annie for me, their daughter. So the father said, of course, what could he do to occupy her? He's flicking through a magazine and he sees a map of the world. He says, Annie, watch what I'm going to do. He cut the map of the world into small squares. He muddled the squares on the floor. Annie, I want you to put the squares back together again to make the map of the world. So the father thought, good, that'll keep her occupied. Couple of minutes later, Daddy, I've done it. He thought she couldn't have done it, but went to have a look. All the squares were put in exactly the right place. Annie, how did you know where to put the squares? Ah, she said, when you were cutting the map out, I looked on the other side. And I saw a picture of a man and a woman. And I thought, if I could put the man and the woman back together again, I could put the world back together again. <laughs> you see, the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. Repeat after me. The heart of, I said after me. <laughs> the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. Tomorrow, just randomly say that to someone. Just say, did you know that the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart? I bet you'll have an interesting conversation. It's the heart. We have a heart disease, dis-ease, and it is out of the human heart, the Bible says, that come the seeds that destroy our, our lives and our relationships. Now, the Bible word for it is sin. That's the word for it, S-I-N. Let me illustrate it for you in a slightly different way. Just imagine you pass out of this life now. This is just an illustration. <laughs> you woke up in a gigantic theater, sitting there on your own. In front of you is a huge screen. All of a sudden, the doors open, an angel flies in, comes up to you and says, welcome to the theater of judgment. Relax. <laughs> Watch the screen. Now, there on the screen, you see your life. Everything you ever did here on earth, everything you ever said here on earth, and everything you ever thought. You see it on the screen. Now, they're called the sins of commission. You also see the sins of omission, all the things you should have done, but you didn't do. At the end of the film, as you're recovering, <laughs> the angel comes back and says, relax, there's going to be a second showing. All the people who were featured in the film of your life are all waiting outside. We're just going to let them in so that they can view the movie with you. How would you feel if your life were judged on that basis? That is exactly how God judges us. In an instant. 
I don't know about you. Me personally, I would not want a private viewing, let alone a public viewing of my life. I do not need convincing that I have thought, said, done things that I shouldn't, and there are things I should have done, but I didn't do. You see, a lot of people think all that stuff on that film doesn't matter. It does. It disconnects us from God. And it works a bit like an overdraft in a bank account. If you have an overdraft, I have an overdraft, you can't help me, I can't help you. The only one who can help us is someone in credit. Jesus Christ was the only one in credit. That's why Jesus came to help us. When, when my son Michael was about four years of age, he and I went to buy his mum a Mother's Day present. So we're going around some of the stores, we walk into this store, and as we walked in, there was this gigantic sign, and it read, do not touch. All breakages must be purchased. Why didn't I just walk out? I mean, come on. I've, I've got a four-year-old, but I know what I'm like. It's funny, there is something about that statement, do not touch, isn't there? Because it's like, you want to prove to them that you could if you wanted to. But I'm kind of doing it gently, but my son four is different. And I saw it like from the corner of my eye. No! It was like slow motion. No! And it kind of just fell. The manager stood there within seconds. I don't know, was he Star Trek? Where did he come from? And all he did, the manager, was point to the sign. Do not touch, all breakages must be purchased. And I said, I didn't do it, he did it, he did it. And I thought, why don't I just walk out of the store? Let Michael pay for it. Well, he did it, he can pay for it. Listen, there was no way that four-year-old Michael was going to be able to pay for the damages. Only his daddy could pay for the damages. You and I cannot pay for the damages. <laughs> Only our Heavenly Father, through Jesus, can the damages be paid. There was a famous artist. He went back to the very small rural community where he was born and brought up. He's walking around looking at some of the stores. There's an antique shop. He looks in the window, cannot believe what he sees. In the window is one of his masterpieces. It was a painting that he had painted years before he was famous. The frame was broken. The picture was scratched and dirty, but it was his. But he couldn't go into the store and say, that's my painting, give it back to me. If he wanted it back, he had to buy it back before he could clean it, restore it, 
reframe it. That is what Jesus did on the cross. Jesus Christ died on the cross because it was as if he was cashing a check signed with his own blood to say, here is the check to clear your overdraft. I have purchased you so that you could be cleaned, restored, reframed. You and I are being offered forgiveness from the past. Secondly, new life here today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. His son gives us life and life abundantly. The word Christian, the word Christian has got the word Christ in it. If you remove the word Christ from the word Christian, you're left with I-A-N. Ian isn't going to help you. <laughs> you know, if you want to be a Christian, you've got to be connected to Christ. There's no other way. You've got to have a connection with Christ. Now, think of your life for a moment like a car, okay? The car of your life. Just work with me on this analogy. The car of your life. So in other words, to be a Christian means Christ is in your car, in the car of your life. And if he's not in your car, in your life, in a few minutes, I will give you that opportunity to invite Christ into your life. Now, for many of us, Christ is already in the car of our lives. Okay, that's good news. Now, here's a question. Where is Christ in the car of your life? Do you drive your car to church, unlock the trunk, get Jesus out for a religious happy hour, <laughs> at the end of the service, get back in there. <laughs> Is he on the back seat, a bit of a passenger? Is he on the front passenger seat, a bit more of a companion, but still a bit of a passenger? Or is he in the driving seat of the car of your life? Now, every one of you who thought he's in the driving seat of the car of my life, I have one more question for you. Are you a backseat driver? <laughs> the car gets to an intersection, Jesus turns left. Where are you going? I'm going down the road of generosity. Oh, I don't want to be generous. You see, it's very easy, isn't it, to say, oh, yeah. He gets to an intersection, Jesus turns right. Where are you going? I'm going down the road of forgiveness. I don't want to forgive. Did you ever see that movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Okay, well, I'm Greek, I'm Greek. When that movie came out, friends of mine said, J. John, is, is that what Greek culture is like? I said, no, it's worse. <laughs> My mother is a travel agent for guilt trips. <laughs> I don't know if you can identify with that and culture, but... Jesus tells me to forgive and forgive and forgive. You see, it's very easy, isn't it, to say, oh, he's in my life, he's in my car. How do we know he's in the driving seat? 
How do we know he's first? Ask five questions. F-I-R-S-T. Is he first F in my finances? I, is he first in my interests? R, is he first in my relationships? S, is he first in my schedule? T, is he first in my troubles? If you can say he's first in my finances, interests, relationships, schedule, and troubles, then he's first. That's good, he's first. But, it, but if you can't say that, then maybe you need to reposition Jesus. Reposition Jesus. You see, when you've got Jesus in the driving seat of the car of your life, by his Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And if you're not producing those, then it might be there's a blockage. And it might be you need to reposition Jesus. What is Christianity? It's an invitation. Who from? Jesus. Who to? You and me. What is it about? Forgiveness from the past. New life today. Thirdly, our hope for the future. In a world of great hopelessness, there is hope. You know, a lot of people's hope today is a bit like a hospital gown. You're usually not as well covered as you think you are. <laughs> we can have hope. Listen to John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, the Bible says this, that the length of a good life is three score years and ten. Now, three score years and ten, that's 70 years. Let's allocate 10 years per day of the week. 10, 10 years for Monday, 10 years for Tuesday, 10 years for Wednesday, Thursday, 10 years for Friday, 10 years for Saturday, 10 years for Sunday. I have already walked through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm Sunday morning. How's your weekend looking? Now, some of you are thinking, wait a minute, J. John, Miss Dodie is slightly past that. Well, that's right, because sometimes God gives us an extra Monday. Sometimes God gives us an extra Tuesday. Not many people get an extra Wednesday. But if you did get an extra Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you lived 100 years here on earth, do you realize that that is just a blip on the eternal screen? We can have hope. We can have a hope for the future. A hope for the future. What is Christianity? It's an invitation. Who's it from? Jesus, the King of Kings. Who is it to? You and me. What is it about? Forgiveness from the past, new life here today, and a hope for the future. RSVP. Responde si vous play. What have you done with your invitation? What would you like to do with your invitation? 
If Jesus is in the driving seat of the car of your life, then you become the invitation to other people. You know, you could send the link to this talk or the link to one of Pastor Joel's talk to 10 of your friends. Just send them this link and just say, hey, we had this visitor in our church. Would you listen to this talk? And let's grab a coffee sometime and talk about it. You become the invitation to other people. But if you haven't yet invited Jesus in, invite him in now. Whether you're here in the house, whether you're at home, whether you're in a hotel, whether you're in a hospital or a hospice, you can invite him now. Whether you're in the car, you can invite him now. And for those of us here in the house, I'm going to ask you to do something if you want to invite him in. I'm going to ask you to stand up. To stand up. And those of you that want to reposition Jesus, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Now, I'm not asking you to stand up to embarrass you. No, not at all. Not at all. But I want you to stand up here in church amongst thousands of Christians so that tomorrow you can stand up out there. Now, but if you're at home, if you're in a hotel, well, look, if you're standing up, I'm going to ask you to sit down. You know, do something different with your body when I give you the opportunity to receive the invitation. If you're in a hospital bed, just lift your arm. If you can't lift your arm, lift your leg, you know, or lift your eyebrow. Just say, I'm lifting something. I'm lifting something to say to Jesus, yes. Now, when you're standing up and those of you that are tuned in want to say yes, what's going to happen? I will pray a prayer. It will be a prayer to enable you to receive the invitation. I'm going to pray this prayer phrase by phrase. I will pray it once so you know the words. The second time I pray the prayer, Pray it out loud. Here in the house, pray it out loud. All those of you that stood up and everyone else, just pray it to reaffirm your faith. If you're online, pray the prayer. Here's the prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for your invitation. Thank you, Jesus, for your invitation. I bow before you now. I bow before you now. I come just as I am. I come just as I am. I know I have done many things wrong. I know I have done many things wrong. And I thank you for dying on the cross for me. And I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Cleanse my life. Cleanse my life. Set me free from the past. Set me free from the past. I invite you into the driving seat of my life. I invite you into the driving seat of my life. Come in by your Holy Spirit. Come in by your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your peace, 
your presence, your power. Fill me with your peace, your presence, your power. Help me from this day on. Help me from this day on to build my life on you, to build my life on you. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Amen. You've been listening to The J. John Podcast. If you've been encouraged by today's episode, why not share it with a friend? In today's episode, J. John reminded us about that well-known Bible verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Christianity is an invitation. If you have said yes to that invitation today, we would love for you to take some time to read J. John's short book, Making the Connection, to help you discover more about who God really is and how he feels about us. You can read this for free at www.myresponse.today. Can I also encourage you to read J. John and Chris Wally's book, Jesus Christ, The Truth, which focuses on two things, the truth about Jesus and the truth about his message. It's available at jjohn.com, other online stores in your local Christian bookshop or as an e-book. And to find out more about J. John, please visit jjohn.com or follow him on social media. Just 10 by J. John. Relaunched and reimagined. Just 10 is a 10-session series to explain the Ten Commandments and their relevance today. With free video resources for churches and small groups and a re-released book to help you go deeper. Take time to unpack how each of us can live by these timeless principles today. Visit just10.org to find out more.